This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson, both representing Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm going to go find gas after this. Well, you know, it's it's the ongoing odyssey. Sam, how are you? I'm good. I'm rolling with about half a tank, so I feel okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been an eventful week in that regard, but... um, you know, life was getting a little too calm here. It was. You know, yeah. so we I needed... felt too secure in my toilet paper supply, so this is <laughs> just what I needed. Oh, man. Well, uh, let's get down to the fun stuff here. We're go- we're always pleased to welcome uh, Dr. Adam Wolk. He's the Senior Medical Officer for Alignment Healthcare in North Carolina. He's been on the program before, and today we're going to spend some time talking about medication overload. Dr. Wolk, welcome back to the program. Well, thanks for having me on. Dr. Wolk, if you could, for those who don't know you, could could you tell us a little bit about yourself? What is your background in your current role at Alignment? Sure. I'm the Senior Medical Officer for Alignment Healthcare North Carolina. I'm an internist uh, who's been um, practicing um, geriatric medicine for for probably 15 years now. And um, Alignment helps take care of seniors. We take care of Medicare patients um, all around the country, um, but in several counties in North Carolina. Wonderful. So what is medication overload and really how serious of a problem is this in our communities and across the nation? So, you know, medication use has increased dramatically over the last few decades. I think uh, for for seniors specifically, you know, there's been a 300% increase in in medications in the last two decades. And I think over 50% of seniors are on five medications or more. Hmm. Being on medications is not necessarily a bad thing. It can be quite helpful, and there have been some great, you know, great stories and great breakthroughs over the years and decades of meds that have really made a difference. But they can also be harmful. So medication overload is really defined as being on multiple medications which may interact and may cause harm. Up to 750 seniors per year are actually hospital, uh, per, sorry, per day are actually hospitalized with with uh, with problems related to to medications wow. and um, and beyond hospitalizations, there are long term, short term, and long term side effects of of being on medications that may not really um, may not really have a role mm-hmm. for those patients. Mm-hmm. So, what medications do you see most often kind of falling into these issues? I know my grandmother has been going through a little bit of this too. Um, she's had a couple hospital admissions and is discharged with some new meds and we don't know, you know, how do we, is it conflicting with her, her current medication? So how as a caregiver and a patient, can you identify medication overload? So I think there are a few key, key sort of signs that you may be suffering from medication overload. One would be just pick five or more medications as the number. Mm-hmm. You know, 20% of Medicare patients or seniors have have five or more chronic conditions, and so people are living longer and getting sicker and sometimes need to be on all those meds. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times as, as, as patients get older and frailer, um, the need for those medications goes down. So the first thing to recognize is, hey, I may be on, on too many, and five is a great number to start with. Um, if you notice that you've had a change 
in a loved one's, um, you know, energy level, personality, a new symptom like a tremor, constipation, fatigue, things that, um, that you know, you, you might think would be part of normal aging actually may not, may, may not be. They may be related to, to various medications that you're on. So really looking out in yourselves and in your loved ones for, for changes, and, and it may not it may not happen right after a medication has started. It can happen, you know, months or even years down the line. Um, and the reason that can happen is because, you know, as, as if say we start a medication and five years down the line, our bodies have changed and, you know, seniors metabolic rate goes down and they, maybe their kidneys don't work as well. And so a medication that was fine five years ago actually may start to cause symptoms now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the things to kind of clue you in that there may be a problem. And, what are the most common, you know, problematic me- medications? Well, um, you know, there there are several major categories. Um, anything that that intera- affects the, the central nervous system. So, pain medication, mm-hmm. specifically opiates, um, that's a, a huge problem for falls, for cognitive impairment, um, for respiratory depression, and so. You know, trying to trying to avoid opiates is, 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 is really, really important in seniors. Sleep aids, like, um, for example, some people get on Ativan or, or Xanax, mm-hmm. um, or even um, more common sleep aids. Some people use Benadryl, which can cause confusion and urinary retention. Um, and again, I think what you're going to notice is there's a the theme. There, there are non-medication um Treatments for all of all of the problems that, that that we're prescribing these meds for, and so what, one of the things that, that doctors and patients and families need to ask need to ask themselves is is you know can we do this without medications? Can we treat this problem without medications? Another common one would be would be blood thinners, specifically aspirin. You know, aspirin is really important for patients who have had heart attacks or mm-hmm. strokes, but um, we're finding increasingly that for patients who have not had those, who are older. The, the risk of bleeding, um, gastrointestinal bleeding or bleeding potentially in the brain, which is rare but can happen and is often devastating, outweighs the benefit of reducing heart attacks and strokes. So if you've never had a heart attack or stroke and you're, and you're, you know, you're, you're continuing to take that baby aspirin, um, the um, American Cardiology um, Association recommends really not taking it if you're 70 or over if you haven't had a heart attack or stroke. Mm-hmm. And yet I see so many patients come into my clinic who just keep taking that baby aspirin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, there's, there's several others. One, another common one would be like uh, protonics, uh, Pepsid, medications that are for reflux. Mm-hmm. You talked about your, your um, loved one who was hospitalized and discharged. Often those get started mm-hmm. in the hospital. And, and they she's never on those stopped. exactly. And, and, <laughs> And and actually, you know, they're not they're not risk free. Mm-hmm. Um, proton pump inhibitors um, like Protonix, um, Prevacid, and others that you can get over the counter um, have been linked with pneumonia. They've been linked with fractures, um, and uh, and so yeah, no no drug is is completely completely safe. Absolutely. You know, I have a, a very stubborn ninety five year old grandfather <laughs> who has quite an extensive list of medications that he carries around with him. Um, how would you go about talking to your doctor about this issue and kind of figuring out what should I be taking, what should I not be taking, and kind of narrowing down that list? How does that conversation start with your physician? Well, I think that's a great question, and you know, we we need to empower ourselves to to talk to our our physicians. Our physicians are all well meaning, and and you know. 
but the thing is, they're 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 rushed. They're you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've been practicing for 15 years. The amount of the amount of time that we have with patients has gone down, gone down over time, and the complexity has gone up. So it's starting with bringing it up. You need to make sure your doctor reviews your medications at least yearly. And and a, a recent study showed that only about a third of patients have this yearly review. Um, a third of seniors have this yearly review. So you sort of need to bring it up, and and it helps to bring your medications with you. There's um, sometimes doctors have no idea what medications you're on, especially if you've been hospitalized or mm-hmm. seen a specialist, and the communication isn't there. We live in a somewhat fractured um, system that's not coordinated. So bring your medications, bring it up. Um, you know, doctors don't like to stop other doctors' medications. You know, mm-hmm. we, we we feel like we don't have all the information. We feel like there was, you know, it's we don't want to step on on another doctor's toes. And so you need to, I think, especially for medications that maybe you came to your physician on who they didn't start. It's it's certainly reasonable to ask if you need to continue them. Um, so also spending some time talking to your doctor about about non pharmaceutical ways to treat problems. Great example is blood pressure. Um, you know, if, with lifestyle changes, even in a 70 or 80 year old, you know, mm-hmm. if you just get up and walk more, um, cut down on the salt, um, you actually can 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 really make a big difference with blood pressure and get off one or sometimes more blood pressure medications. Blood pressure medications are really important in a variety of diseases, but um, but the, but the thing is, in, in seniors, they put you at an increased risk of falls sometimes confusion, and those falls can lead to fractures, which then can lead to more problems. And I'm not, I, everyone needs to take their blood pressure medications, mm-hmm. but if you're feeling dizzy, if you're feeling lightheaded when you stand up, if you're having um, symptoms of maybe being over-medicated, it's, you certainly need to, to, to speak with your doctor. Um, and then the, the last thing I'll say is have them, have them simplify the dosing schedule. Um, you know, for so many seniors, the, the more medications you're on, the harder it is to be compliant. And studies have shown this. You know, for every medication you add to anybody, including someone who's myself, 46 years old, it gets it gets harder to keep track of it all. It gets harder to take the right medications. Mm-hmm. So getting off the wrong medications will actually lead to taking the right medications more correctly and, and more often, if that makes sense. It does make sense, and it's a balancing act. And as you said, we should uh, be aware of these symptoms or any changes uh, of symptoms that may happen over time. That is the voice of Dr. Adam Wolk. He is the Senior Medical Officer for Alignment Healthcare in North Carolina. Dr. Wolk, thank you so much for your time today. Is there uh, a, a place where folks can go to find more information about Alignment Healthcare? Yeah, they can go to www.alignmenthealthplan.com and you can learn more about, about what we do. Um, again, we, we deal with issues just like this every single day in our clinics. And so, you know, I'd be happy to, to, um, to connect with anyone out there. And you can give my contact information as well, um, uh, you know, on the website. I'd be happy to connect with anyone to discuss, to discuss care of seniors. It's an important, important issue. It really is. And we thank you so much for your time and spending uh, some time on the show today and sharing your knowledge with us. Dr. Adam Wolk, Senior Medical Officer for Alignment Healthcare in North Carolina. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. 
This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. If you ever want to find more about Transitions Life Care, you can view all the resources available to you online at transitionslifecare.org. Transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson, and we are going to shift our focus now onto Medicare, in particular Medicare fraud, and we are very pleased to welcome Stephanie Bias on the program. She is Boy, she's got a title here. She's the North Carolina Senior Medicare Patrol Program Coordinator at SHIP, and that is, of course, within the North Carolina Department of Insurance. Stephanie, I introduced you. We're, we're just about out of time here now, getting all that out. <laughs> I <think> you would be. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, let's start off by talking about Medicare fraud a little bit. Always a hot topic. Um, so how it much is. money is lost each year to Medicare fraud? Well, it is estimated nationally around 68 billion dollars a year and you know those are the dollars that are there to fund that program for it to keep going forward for folks that are on medicare due to age at 65 and up or medicare due to disability or in-stage renal disease or als or lou gehrig's disease so you know you want to keep that trust fund solvent and if you continue to lose 68 billion dollars a year i mean it you know it does shed a true uh, stark light on how long you know it can remain solvent so we we have to be the best steward of our benefit that we have and so one way is to try to prevent medicare absolutely and that's billions with a b which is crazy right so how does someone know if they've possibly become a victim of medicare fraud well, one of the most important things I think that uh, people fail to do and uh, with regularity and consistency is to review their Medicare statements. Uh, their statements come to them once a quarter unless they sign up with a Medicare.gov account to track their claims online. And I've worked for SHIP since 1998, and traveling the state of North Carolina, I've seen many seniors and Medicare beneficiaries and caregivers that don't even open their statements, much less read them for accuracy. And you've got to be able to do that. You've got to open those statements. And we have coordinating sites and volunteers in all of North Carolina's 100 counties that can help you understand this. I mean, this is kind of what we do. This is our job. We're charged by the federal government and funded by the federal government to be able to go and try to help this. And our services are free and confidential. And people are often embarrassed to say, well, you know, I opened up my bank statement and I opened up my checking account mm-hmm. statement and my uh, MasterCard statement, but, you know, and I read and check that, but I don't do those uh, medical statements. I, I, I say, well, that's really given a false sense of trust because mistakes can be made. Mm-hmm. Or someone could have taken advantage of your Medicare account and charged things against your account that are services that you didn't receive. So how does someone report suspected Medicare fraud, and, and how, did, how do you start that process? What does it look like, and, and can you talk to our listeners a little bit about uh, how to report it? I think that one way that is the most important we suggest that they do, it's really a twofold process at that point. We need for you to call your provider, or if it's some provider you don't know, 
you know, don't call them. Just call us at the North Carolina Department of Insurance Monday through Friday from 8 until 5 at SHIP. And we have folks that take those complaints. And our phone number is one eight five five four zero eight one two one two. We kind of help help you understand that you need to, to do a little investigatory work if you know the doctor or you know the provider and call the office and say, you know, for example, I had a lady who said that she was in uh, Florida visiting family members and saw that the doctor had filed a claim on that day. Mm-hmm. And she said she came to the doctor's office and said, you know, there must be a mistake. And she, they said, well, it was a mistake, that mm-hmm. it was a mistake on the end. They're in, they would take care of it. But they... But, you know, we start calling and say, you know, we didn't receive the services this day. We're going to let Medicare know. And they say, well, we'll straighten it out. Well, that's great, but you need to take the onus on this for mm-hmm. yourself as well and report it to us at the Department of Insurance so we can make sure that Medicare does straighten that out and that we you know, get the paperwork and permissions from you that we need to run that up a flagpole. If you just ignore it, that's like saying, okay, continue to go ahead and deal something that is incorrect against my account. And, you know, those could lead eventually maybe to perhaps decline services if, mm-hmm. you know, if they see an, an exorbitant pattern over something that doesn't really warrant it. So you want to preserve as much as you can. Be sure that you take care of that Medicare number. Please be sure that you don't talk to people on the telephone mm-hmm. that call you and say, oh, I need your Medicare number. Make sure that you have it and, that I'm talking to Mary James and mm-hmm. that please make sure that you don't share that information because that's just as important as your financial information. Absolutely. It is your financial information. It's your mm-hmm. healthcare information. So with the coronavirus pandemic, have you seen an increase in Medicare fraud? Absolutely. Absolutely. And things that, uh, you know, that I knew the second that this happened, and I was sitting on the road for work, and we were on our way back to Raleigh, and I thought, well, this will just make the feels right for uh, scammers, mm-hmm. especially if people become frightened. This is something we, uh, you know, the rank-and-file public was not prepared for, uh, and, you know, you were going to be isolated from your loved ones and family members, and, you know, we didn't know how long this would happen, and as we saw it, it was a long time before, you know, things could even begin some partial semblance of normalcy and people were very frightened by that but that didn't mean that people didn't get sick and that people didn't need to seek medical attention and we saw a lot of people that you know that would call and say you know i we would encourage people please do not click on links in email that say they can put you at the front of the line to get a vaccine that was before the vaccine came out or that they were going to uh let you do a survey for taking the vaccine and send you a gift card from someplace for taking that survey or a check for taking the survey or you know people say oh we're going to let you in on a ground swell that is going to be a cure if you give us your financial information for a small investment Uh, you know these were things that just went on across the country and we are very very concerned about that because even though the vaccines have come about and, and folks are uh, taking the vaccines, uh, we are concerned because people are now laminating their Medicare cards, their Medicare cards and their um, their vaccine records from the CDC. And we don't really consider that a very wise move because how are you going to record your booster if it's laminated? Mm-hmm. You know, because the heat in a transfer is going to smear that ink. So, you know, try to keep that 
stored some other way. And, and I understand that people feel this very important, and it is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we've had people that have uh, shared that, you know, that they have heard of folks that have called and said, will you upload your card to us and we will send you information. Don't do that because they could, like, download that, what you uploaded and make a fake card and, and use that. You just don't want to do that. You need to protect that that CDC vaccination record, just like you do your Medicare card, and just like you do any other personal information. Mm-hmm. So right before we go to break, one last question for you. Other ways that beneficiaries can protect themselves from becoming victims of these scams, can you talk through a couple other ways that they can protect themselves? Well, just don't fall for it. Don't sign anything. Don't give out any personal information. Don't, I mean, you know, I know that you were brought up not to be rude to people, but just just hang up the phone. Just don't continue the conversation. Don't click on those links. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of ways that just from regular fraud in, in the Medicare world that we can uh, that we can protect ourselves from by certain we're, methods. We're so. speaking with Stephanie Bias. We're talking all about Medicare fraud. And Stephanie is the North Carolina Senior Medicare Patrol Program Coordinator at SHIP. And SHIP stands for the Seniors Health Insurance Information Program. And Stephanie gave out an important phone number earlier. If you have questions related to Medicare or if you want to get a hold of SHIP, that phone number, 855-408-1212. We're going to continue our conversation with Stephanie all around Medicare fraud right after this. You are listening to Aging Matters care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, as well as Sam Peterson with Transitions Life Care. And our guest on the line is Stephanie Bias. And Stephanie is with SHIP, the Senior Health Insurance Information Program within the North Carolina Department of Insurance. And we're talking all about Medicare fraud. And, uh, you know, Mary, this is something that uh, really gets my blood boiling because, <laughs> you know, you're, you're talking about a, a segment of people who are, are some of the most vulnerable. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, that does make things ripe for fraud. But, mm-hmm. you know, I know we want to spend our last segment here with Stephanie just talking about some of the resources available to us if maybe we do suspect fraud or we need to be more vigilant in making sure that uh, we're not potential threats. Absolutely. I think and one of those resources was mentioned right before the break was that toll free number of how to call the ship and uh, the North Carolina Senior Medicare Patrol at the North Carolina Department of Insurance. So, Stephanie, can you talk to us a little bit about the call center and how people can get in touch with you all? Oh, yes. Uh, Our toll free consumer line again is 1-855-408-1212. And we're open Monday through Friday from 8 until 5, state holidays, excluding state holidays. And 
we want to make sure that folks know that they can call us, that it is free and confidential, and it is also a nationwide toll-free line for North Carolina. For example, if you have a, um, a family member in Ohio and they help take care of somebody in North Carolina, people in Ohio can call us about their family members if they suspect fault. So it's a, it's a nationwide toll-free number, even though we base on North Carolina um, beneficiaries. So we want to make sure folks know that. Uh, we want to make sure that they know that Commissioner Mike Causey sends his greetings to everyone today and really encourages folks to report anything that they suspect. There is no such thing as something, oh, well, I really shouldn't have reported that. Please do report that. Is North Carolina Department of Insurance employees staffing that toll-free consumer line Monday through Friday from 8 until 5? And we're not a contracted call center. So it's North Carolina Department of Insurance employees protecting North Carolina's 2 million Medicare beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. If someone wanted to go to a physical location, how can someone find their local SHIP office in North Carolina? You can find that on our website. You can call our toll-free consumer line as well, because not everybody has a computer. I think we have to remember not everyone Mm -hmm. is computer savvy. Mm -hmm. Um, They can call our toll-free consumer line and say, I live in xyz county could you tell me who the ship coordinating site is there and you know because we are all in the middle of the pandemic uh maybe some of our local coordinating sites are not open except maybe by appointment only they would at least have that contact information uh they could call and say you know are you open when will you be open and will you be able to do a virtual appointment or will you be able to talk with me on the phone or you know, how can I get that resolved in those particular counties? Because things are starting to open up some for some face-to-face uh, mm-hmm. opportunities. But, you know, uh, they can always call our office and, and uh, get that number for their local coordinating site if they aren't able to go on the web and secure that. You've mentioned a lot of resources and a lot of different ways to get in touch. What do these services cost? Free. That was easy. They cost nothing. <laughs> And because, remember, we are housed within the North Carolina Department of Insurance, and we're the regulatory over insurance in North Carolina. So we can't say, go to Joe Jones down the street, and he'll give you a good deal. We can't do that. We cannot recommend insurance companies or agents because we're the regulatory authority. And plus, that would not mean that we were neutral, objective, and unbiased. Uh, we want to make sure that folks, we educate them so they make the best informed choice for their particular situation. And we do that by really uh, cueing them and saying, can you tell me about what this is or what that is so we know what your needs are so you get the best deal for your needs and the things that your providers are going to accept and your pharmacies are going to accept. You want to make sure that the product you purchase, that you're going to be able to use that and you're going to be able to be a good steward of those benefits that you work so hard for. So please give us a call and we can help walk you through that if you have questions. We are happy to do that and our services are free and confidential. That's awesome. Such good info to know. Uh, So Stephanie, can you give us some other tips um, on some other ways that Medicare beneficiaries can protect themselves from Medicare fraud? Well, you know, we've talked earlier about we have three key watchwords with the S&P program called Protect, Detect, and Report. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about, you know, not giving out your Medicare number. It used to be your Social Security number. Now it's all changed. But that doesn't mean that you need to, you know, that you can use that unprotected. We want to protect your Medicare benefits and to detect errors 
to detect errors and misstatements by opening them and reading them and checking them for accuracy. You always have rights of appeal with Medicare um, when it comes back to the pandemic. Folks have said, well, gosh, I saw on my Medicare statement that I had been charged uh, for the administration of the vaccine. That is legitimate. They can charge you for the administration of the vaccine, even though the vaccine itself is free, for example. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people had questions about that, and I'm glad they questioned that. I'm glad they questioned that. That was meant they were paying attention. And report to us at the North Carolina Department of Insurance. Again, that phone free number, one eight five five four zero eight one two one two Monday through Friday, excluding state holidays. So those are three key ways that we can do that. Protect those Medicare benefits. So they'll be around for uh, those of us that are turning 65 or going on Medicare duty disability. We want to make it around for a long time. We want it to be around for a long time. And we've got to all do our part. We've got to be our own foot soldier and our own good steward of those benefits that we work so hard for. Absolutely. So a lot of people, we touched on this earlier, but a lot of people are staying home through the pandemic and are working more in technology, including email and online shopping. I'm a notorious Amazoner. (laughs) Everything everything comes to my door. Um, Setting up virtual meetings. As a friend of mine's son calls it the smile truck. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Do you have some important messages that you could share and provide our listeners regarding Medicare and online activity? Uh, Yes, please don't collect don't click on these embedded uh, links that have been sent to you by something that says we've got a deal for you or you may qualify or you may whatever. You've got to make sure that you know that those are legitimate. And, you know, or if you click on a website, if they say this is going to direct you to a website, please don't click on that. I mean, you know, you know a lot about computers and you know about, uh, you know, taglines and uh, addresses you know, if it says HTTPS, uh, you know, with a semicolon and a forward slash, forward slash, that say, says that's a secure website, but you want to make sure that that is truly a secure website because we don't know who hasn't hacked something like that. And I mean, you know, so Medicare is not going to call you on the telephone, neither is the CDC, mm-hmm. and I will send you a survey, and that will give you a money or a gift card. Mm-hmm. So please, during this time, when it comes to your Medicare benefits, Protect them even more. I mean, I can't tell you this enough. Even as diligent as you did before the pandemic, you've got to add yet that one more layer of protection because it can happen, and it can happen to anyone. And many people are embarrassed to let us know that that has happened. Please do not be. Please do not be embarrassed at all. This is a judgment-free zone because it can happen to anyone because these people are pretty convincing. Mm -hmm. And it will show up on caller ID that it might be your local doctor's office or your local senior center or someplace like that, don't answer that phone. Call back the number that you have in your records for uh, someplace that is local. Stephanie, we've got just, upon your call, just about a minute here before we have to go. Can you just summarize again real quick, if, if you can? You've given us plenty of tips here over the past uh, two segments here, but if you could just summarize it in, in the next 45 or 30 seconds, what would those tips be for our listeners? Please do not give out your information to folks that call you on the telephone and say that they are from Medicare. They're not. Open those statements, detect, and report that to the Department of Insurance if you suspect something that you may consider is incorrect or, or wrong billing at one eight five five four zero eight one two one two Monday through Friday from 8 until 5, excluding state holidays. And our services are free and confidential through the North Carolina Department of Insurance. 
That is excellent. That phone number, again, if you want to get a hold of SHIP, is 855-408-1212. She is Stephanie Bias, the North Carolina Senior Medicare Patrol Program Coordinator at SHIP within the North Carolina Department of Insurance. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time today. We, We very much appreciate it. Thank you so much for this opportunity, and I wish everybody good Medicare health. There you go. We like to hear it. We are taking a quick break, but we will be back with more. Hang with us. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. If you want to find more about Transitions Life Care, go online anytime to transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. I am Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson. And man, we're going to have an interesting call here with uh, Jeff Salter. And we're going to be talking about uh, a bike ride that it's already got my legs cramping up. uh, (laughs) Jeff is the founder and CEO of Caring Senior Service. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So you're on a really long bike ride, mm-hmm. like 9,000 miles. Is that right, Jeff? Uh, yeah, I'm actually, it's 9,000 miles. I'm only about a third of the way through it right now. Wow, still that makes me hurt. Yes, um, <laughs> I was going to say, more than I've done. Can you talk to us a little bit about why you're doing this bike ride and where are you going? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I um I started my company 30 years ago in serving seniors in, in our communities and decided that I would celebrate that 30 years by riding to all 45 of our locations across the country. So to get to each location, about uh, 9,000 miles to do a full circuit around the country. And along the way, I uh, wanted to bring out awareness to the needs of seniors, and we're launching our movement, Close the Gap in Senior Care, to really help uh people see and understand what the needs in their communities are for seniors. Wonderful. So you definitely felt that there was a need to get the word out about some of these issues. What are the key challenges that you are writing to bring attention to in the industry right now? Yeah, really, my right is to have a discussion that starts in every local community that they can discover what's happening in their specific area. But in general, I'm hoping for three things. First is that individuals think and consider a career in caregiving so that they can become caregivers. We have a shortage across the country in caregivers. And uh, secondly, I hope that uh, individuals that are involved in technology will put their attention towards seniors and helping seniors avoid relocation and remaining independent at their own home. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, I hope that people will get involved as entrepreneurs in senior care-related businesses. Again, we, we need everyone to help in the uh, efforts to keep seniors at home, remain independent, and really live the uh, live a full life. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping those three things are what inspires people to do with this ride. They see a, a guy going across the country doing something like this and, and inspires them to do something themselves. 
Jeff, you mentioned um, a caregiver shortage, and it seems like shortage is really the hot topic these days. You know, we've had toilet paper shortages, gas shortages, <laughs> Bojangles Chicken Supreme shortages, <laughs> which I'm most concerned about. So can you talk a little bit maybe about what's been causing some of this caregiver shortage and what are some solutions we can do to help it? Sure. The this caregiver shortage is nothing new in our industry. It's long been an ongoing issue. Uh, even prior to the pandemic. Obviously, all industries are suffering right now with uh, worker shortages, but for us, having qualified caregivers and to, to provide services to seniors is very important. And it's something that oftentimes people don't necessarily think of as a career. They think of it as a, as a stepping stone towards something else in healthcare, but it can be a very rewarding career for individuals. It's uh, our type of service is one-on-one care, so we have a caregiver that's caring for an elderly, aged individual um, for four to eight hours a day, and it's one-on-one assistance with them in their home. So it can be, it can be a very uh, fulfilling position and a role for someone. And I'm hoping that more people think about that as a as a choice for a career. Definitely. So part of your awareness push includes the Grab the Bars initiative. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, it, uh, as we started looking at what we wanted to accomplish and really looking at our statistics, our own um, surveys that we did said that family members are most concerned about their seniors falling at home. And as you dig into those statistics, it turns out falls are the leading cause of injury-related death among seniors, and over 80% of all falls happen in the bathroom. So we felt that raising money to install grab bars through our grabthebars.com initiative would allow us to help reduce those numbers. What we're doing is for for every $250 we raise, we're able to install a grab bar into a senior's home and actually two grab bars into their bathroom to help reduce that those falls. And it's just something that we feel is a is an easy cost-effective way to for us to help impact the the seniors in our, in our local communities. Wonderful. So how has the reception been on your ride? Where are you right now and where are you going next? Well, I'm in uh, northern Philadelphia right now. I've, uh, I came up, I was in Raleigh, I guess, six days ago. Wonderful. Um, I was in, um, I, I kind of just making my way north. I'm heading up to northern New Jersey and then I'll start a western track all the way to the west coast eventually, going through a number of cities along the way. Um, easy thing for people to do is to follow me on my, on my journey. If you go to grabthebars.com, there's also a map that people can see exactly where I'm at any given day, how fast I'm traveling, where I've been that day. Well, pressure's on. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you know, we, we care so much about senior awareness, but uh, I, I feel very guilty here because I have so many questions about this bike ride. I'm, <laughs> I'm very curious. So how do you plan this out? Like, I know you can't just hop on the interstate. Um, how are you mapping out where you're going? And, you know, uh, that's got to be adding some time to your ride, I would think. Absolutely. I don't go on any freeways. Um, I go on some highways where it's, a, it's got a good shoulder to it and it's a designated allowed for bikes. But I do try to stay on more back roads, country roads. That's where the beauty of America, I think, is at and getting a chance to see those, those types of communities. Um, I'm riding an electric bike, which is actually a symbol of assistance because it's allowing me, as a uh, just recently turned 50, able to actually... Uh, get this full distance. It's giving me a little bit of assistance. And it's a symbol, just like our service and services like ours, 
are able to assist a senior remaining at home and independent, we all can use a little help at times. I'm using the help of an electric bike to do a 9,000-mile bike ride, and it's making it possible for me to, to spread this uh, good message. Do you have a goal on how much uh, area you're trying to cover a day? Yeah, I travel between 80 and 120 miles a day, um, and I mapped that out using Google, but I spent probably 80-plus hours just on the on Google Maps to, to plot out each, each stop each day. And every day during the halfway mark of the day, I've got to stop and do a little bit of charging. So I had to plot all that out throughout the uh, prior to the journey. Gotcha. That makes sense. So I know you mentioned you are using an electric bike, but, you know, I do a 30-minute Peloton ride, and I think I've done something great with my day. So can you talk a little bit about, like, have you done any training to do this? I mean, 9,000 miles, that's that's nothing small. Yeah, I tell people I wasn't an avid bike rider before I started this, uh, this made this decision to go on this trip, but I did start riding longer and longer miles. I was doing um, 80 to 100 miles about three times a week wow. for uh, six to eight months before I, I went on the trip. I, I actually logged a total of 2,000 miles of training miles before I even left San Antonio. Wow, that is impressive. Well, Jeff, best of luck to you. Again, can you give that website out once again so folks can keep track of you and find out more information? Yes, it's grabthebars.com and really hope that people follow us if they're if they're moved by what I'm doing and want to participate it's real easy we're we're gathering donations to raise uh, we're trying to hit $100,000 to install as many grab bars as possible so really hope everyone can either donate or share at least with others about the journey and and the message and try to help us hit our goal excellent that website again grabthebars.com he is Jeff Salter founder and CEO of caring senior service jeff best of luck to you on the rest of the ride and keep us updated along the way okay great thanks everybody for having me i appreciate it very much absolutely we are just about out of time for today i want to remind you if you want to find more information about transitions life care you can always go to transitionslifecare.org transitionslifecare.org and also if you want to catch a replay of this episode or past episodes they're all available in podcast form at wptf.com just click on the podcast button and from there you can find aging matters and you can again listen to this show as well as all the other ones that we have done in the past on behalf of mary lucas and sam peterson i am jason kong thanking you for listening to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you a service of transitions life care it's your life your care on fm 98 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a great day. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.